Athena, what's the word? All right. So, check out this. We got a special little mini episode here. Okay, what's going on with it? So, what we're going to do is just answer a few questions I've gotten from our awesome listeners. Are you ready to answer some personal questions today? All right, all right. Um... Oh, this is a good one, and I'll direct this one towards you. Okay. I'm ready for this? Let's start it. Okay. This might get kind of heavy, though. What got you into true crime? Oh, what got me into true crime? Um, just, oh, wow. Well, let's see. How do we begin this one? It's, uh, I was in the sixth grade. I met a lovely young lady named Talita Dixon. If y'all from the Bay Area, Oakland, y'all familiar with the sister, uh, she was actually uh, abducted by a serial killer that was operating in the Northern California area. Oh, boy. And this was in the sixth grade. She was, uh, So that's what, she's like, what, 10 or something? Hella young. Oh, yeah, ridiculously young. I don't oh, know how old wow. you are in the sixth grade, but that's definitely a pretty like, Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like 10 to 12 or yeah, something. Yeah, so he did, a, he did a horrendous act on her, you know, uh, down there, cut her head off, actually, <gasps> uh. On a 10, uh, 12-year-old? Yeah, she was extremely young, but he did a number on her and wound up uh, leaving her to be found on a jogging trail in oh Berkeley, California. So I was pretty much traumatized by that. I, I bet. You know, it's horrible. Did they ever catch the guy? They did. They caught nice. him years later, and I believe his case has just worked itself through the, through the court system, and I believe he was just convicted. Uh, but uh, even, not too long ago. Even if he's like, I don't even know if they still do the death sentence here, but I know they aren't carrying them out. They, like, put a freeze on it or something. Yeah, I think, yeah, the last guy, uh, uh, something happened with the medication, uh, yeah. when they tried to administer it. And, and I heard it's hard for them to even get the death sentence medication. Needless to say, man, my heart was broken. Oh, I bet. When we wind up discovering what happened to her. And but that's got to be hella traumatizing. Man, you're like 12 ridiculous. years old, your Absolutely. first girlfriend. The first love of my life, man. Oh, it's horrible. Did, he, did her, he did her dirty, man. How did you find out? Like, did your mom tell you? Did you read it in the they newspaper? The, they, they, they announced it to the school and, oh. and allowed the, uh, the, 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 you know, the school body to attend our funeral. Oh, well, that's good. Did they provide counselors, or was that before yeah, the time of counselors? it was before, but they did actually, uh... That's good. Provide counselors to the students because that was very traumatizing. I bet. Oh my God, her family. I bet her oh, family was shaken. Oh, was, oh my goodness. It was the worst. We seem to have a lot of serial killers operating back in like the 70s and the 80s yeah, in California. Really? What yeah, is really? with that? And uh, needless to say, uh, a lot of them have uh, connections to the military. Yes, they do, Believe right? Yeah. In the Marines, more mm-hmm. so than anything else. And, um,. I know a lot of the people that have tried to assassinate presidents have ties to the military. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that's about with the training, but yeah. Yeah, and I know even now, say you're, you're just getting out of the military, just a normal person being discharged, I know they put you on hella watch lists. My brother was oh, having yeah, cops flying. Oh, yeah, I told you that, yeah. Uh-huh. I wonder if that's going to make you feel. You serve your country, and then all of a sudden you're on a watch list and get really? hassled every time you need really? to fly. <laughs> and especially my brother, because he was a scout sniper. Yeah, so. a very successful one at that. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so I don't know. That's kind of crazy. I wonder if they ever did a study to find out what that link is between the military and yeah, really. So, so I have an ongoing theory that I be uh, in Athena uh, kicks from time to time. What? And it's regarding uh, I believe the serial killers or all these missing bodies are tied to uh, satanic worship. 
Oh. I believe that's the angle. I believe that's why so many people come up missing without a trace. Well, how about percentage, would you say? Oh, percentage-wise, I would think it's high, maybe 25, 30%. Huh. Well, I know to say, okay, I'll say here, I was wrong, I'm eating it, and everyone can hear. I totally was like, bullshit, the whole satanic panic was just that, some fake thing the media strum up, and I don't know if you guys know, but my dad is a retired sheriff's detective, and I was kind of talking shit, talking about you, how you were going into your conspiracies about these satanists running around stealing people, and how it was ridiculous, and my dad was actually like, it's not so ridiculous. I remember a case back in the 90s where... We were investigating a murder, and we walked into this person's house, and all over the walls, they had spray-painted pentagrams and upside-down crosses, and they had sacrificed somebody in their living room. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, the situation with the, the serial killers and the Satanists, the angle is, apparently, uh, the Satanic worship is happening in affluent areas, and they don't want to stigmatize these affluent areas with... Satanic worship. So, so what, like, uh, I guess bring the home values down? Yeah, exactly. Or maybe offend uh, yeah. some connected people? So that's, that's, that's the angle right there. And I believe as we delve deeper into these missing individuals, we will establish a connection. Okay, well that's, mm -hmm. that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. huh, let's lighten it up a bit. Um, ah. I have one that, are you on Tinder? I'll take this one. <laughs> Let me explain Tinder? my Tinder uh, analogy here. Okay, so say like you're sitting there and you accidentally throw away some important document. And you're like, damn, I threw that away. So you dig through the trash, you can't find it. You end up having to dump over the trash bag, search through it. You finally find this document, but by the time you find it, it's covered in milk and three-day-old Cheerios. It's a fucking hot dumpster fire. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, I've been out with a few different people on there, and nothing really ever came of it. And, I don't know, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm not, I just need to stop picking with my eyes and actually read the bios and see what that's about. But I, I think the bio's a bunch of bullshit. Mm. I mean, come on, it's not like you're actually going to write some meaningful shit that actually is true. That's how I take it anyway. But, um, no, yeah, I'm on Tinder, but I don't know, I don't really date very much. I'm kind of a homebody. I spend my time researching cases and trying to find the missing people who are vanished in the valley. Monkey gets all your time. <laughs> monkey. Um, I don't think, I don't have any pictures of Monkey up on my Instagram for uh, vanished in the valley, but I have them all over my personal one. Monkey is my lizard. He is a blue-tongued skink. Amazing. Yes, super lizard. precious. Um... <laughs> He keeps getting this problem, though, where he, like, gets his hemi-penis stuck on the outside of his body, and then I have to, like, get a Q-tip all lubed up and gently put his penis uh, back up inside it. I don't think he liked that. That's what he keeps doing. <laughs> I don't think he likes it, because he can't feel too comfortable <laughs> having some bitch ram a Q-tip up your body. Um... It's it's either that or I take them to the vet. No, it, nobody ever tried that at home. I you know I went to school for this kind of stuff. I'm kind of a professional oh, in the field, so it's not like I'm just ramming Q-tips into my lizard. Um, I've actually done surgery on iguanas and rabbits, and so I, I kind of know what I'm doing there. So don't ever do that at home. If you know your little critter ever gets a problem, make sure you take him to the doctor. Um, you guys, you ready for the next question? Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's see. Um, oh, are we ready for this one? Shoot. Who is your favorite serial killer? 
Do you even have a favorite cereal? Oh, going? my favorite. Um, I'm fascinated by. Uh, yeah, that's probably a better Ted word. Ted Bundy. Okay, why uh, Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy just because he was uh, very charismatic. Yeah. Extremely intelligent. Sociopath. Yes, absolutely. Somehow able to trick yeah. dozens of women. He did a number on the women, man. Yeah. And escaped a couple of times from the Yeah, death right? Cells. How crazy is that? Yeah, went on the... Oh, my goodness. You would hope something like that could never happen. He terrorized the country for Yeah, he was all... He was like interstate. I'd have to say mine is... Uh, he's not too well known, but his name is Israel Keys, and he's out of Alaska. And what's so terrifying about Israel Keys is he had no victim profile. He would literally just randomly pick anybody that he just saw off the street. Man, woman, black, white, and check this shit out. He would bury kill kits all over the country and go dig them up. So he would rob bank, go, you know, get maybe, you know, $20,000. Then he would get a bucket and put some of the cash in there, a gun, some knives, basically like a rape kit, like little zip ties. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the murders we know about the only reason we know about them is because he told the FBI about them. Oh, wow. So, who knows how many his kill list is. They guess around 11. Well, what about the wild one we ran across, uh, who, uh, he killed his mother? Oh, that loony. Uh, Crap, I don't, I forget his name, but he was on Mindhunter, and he's out of Santa Cruz. Um, he I think they call him the co-ed killer. And he, like, literally cut his mom's head off and yeah. had sex yeah. with the cor- the corpse yeah. or the mouth or something or the throat? Some, yeah, he did some way yeah. That's, yeah, that's so... I think he's still alive, actually. Speaking of Mindhunter, did you know they didn't pick it up for a third season? Really? Yeah, oh, talk wow. about disappointed. I don't even watch TV, but that was wow. one of the things I watched. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> so, no more Mindhunter. <laughs> Dumbass Netflix. Good thing I don't have a subscription. And they just uh, shut it down for the third one. Yeah, there's, I guess wow. they didn't uh, pick up any of the actors for it, so they assume it's canceled. Wow. I know, right? It's a bunch of lame crap. Mm. Um, do you have any pets? Yes, I have a wonderful dog named Primo. What kind of dog is Primo? Uh, he is an American bulldog. No, he's not. He's a pit bull. He's a pit bull terrier. He's got a big old black head, and he is what you call blue nose. Well, yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bulldogs are different. They, they're they like a little bit shorter. They're all terriers, but yeah, a little different. He's super cute. Super super intelligent. Yeah, so intelligent. You never find a dog smart as this one. You can like teach him any tricks in five minutes. He's old now, too. Is he 11 now? You getting up there. Yeah. Um, Primo's awesome. I, I, yeah, you've had him the whole time, so 11 years, and... Oh my god, guys, when he got this little guy, he was maybe the size of a basketball, and now his head is the size of a basketball, and he's just awesome, he saved us from being robbed one night, so yeah, check this out, we used to run a store together, and every night we would leave with bundles of cash, like thousands of dollars in cash, and one night we go and we get in the car, and it's me and Kenny and Primo because he came to work with us every day. We didn't work in the best neighborhood here in Oakland. So we get in the car, and I'm about to pull away, and then all of a sudden a guy on a bicycle rides right up to the front of the car and just 
jumps off the bike and Primo looks up then and all of a sudden Primo goes crazy. Oh, absolutely, man. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he like jumps to the window and he starts trying to get the guy. The guy took one look at Primo, yeah, yeah, turned his ass around, walked back to his bike and, and rode away. Got up out of there. I know for a fact he was about to put a gun yeah, in my face. Yeah, the Bob said he was about to put yeah. a move down. Yeah. Dogs are great. Yeah, um, one time, like, they, yeah, it's like they just sense stuff. Like, one time, I think it was about 18 years old, and I was asleep in my at my boyfriend's house. He was gone at school at the time, and there had been a lot of break-ins in the neighborhood. So I was sitting there sleeping, and I hear the doorbell ring. And it's weird because it's like 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, and no one was supposed to be there. So I go and, like, I peek out the side of the window, and I see two Hispanic men out there um, looking kind of rough. I go back into the bedroom, and I call my boyfriend, and I tell him, like, are you expecting any workers or anything? And he's like, no. And as I hear this and say this, I hear them come through the back door. They had actually walked through the gate, and now they're in the house. And... Thank God my dog was with me. She, I had a uh, Rottweiler at the time. She's about three years old. She's sitting there laying down on the ground, but she's looking at me. And all of a sudden, one of the guys walks in the bedroom. And oh, this guy's big. He had to have been over six foot tall. And at this point, I'm already on the phone to 911. And he starts walking towards me. And I'm like, I don't have anything you want. And he's like, it's okay. He puts his hand up, and he's walking towards me. And at that instant, my dog jumped up and just Uh, did this like low growl yes all the fur on the back of her neck was standing up Uh, and this man stopped dead in his tracks starts slowly backing out gets to the door shuts the door and i'm like about to pee my pants at this point Uh, i'm shaking i'm so scared because uh, i know like this guy before he saw the dog i think he was gonna rape me and really hurt me i could just like tell by the look in his eyes that something yeah I mean he was like walking at me and um I was just terrified so um I close the door I lock it at this point and I'm waiting for the cops to get there it seems like it took forever it was like 11 minutes or something and they get there and they had gotten away with like a tv a bunch of power tools a dvd player a whole bunch of stuff but they didn't get away, like, with killing me or raping me or anything. Good old, I, I owe a debt to Rottweilers and Pitbulls the rest of my life. So, right? Adopt, guys. Always adopt. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's uh, going to end our session for the Q&A for this time. But uh, maybe we'll do that again in the future. If you guys have any questions, you can email us at vanishedinthevalley at oh, gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram and our Facebook, also at Vanished in the Valley. Um, yeah, just send us your questions. If you guys have any suggestions for cases to work on, let us know. Um, our next case, Court Jones, coming up. He's also at a Reading. He kind of has a connection to the Heather thing. You guys oh, wow. will hear about that next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, okay. So, that's about it. Take care, guys. Until then. In a state of shock that someone could do something like that. Marsha Dixon showers, smiles when she remembers her eldest daughter, Talita Dixon. Well, I remember her being a special child. She was, she was a special child. She loved to sing. She loved to play Barbies. And she was a caring child. Talita was only 13 years old when her life was tragically taken away. I had no idea that when, the next time I saw her, she would be in, uh, laying as on a slab with her neck broken and her arm pulled out her socket. 
More than three decades later, that image is still crystal clear. Never in a million years did I think I would see her like that. Marcia says the pain of losing her daughter was unbearable. But Friday, she found out the man who murdered her daughter died in prison. I wanted him to go on death row and be executed. But then, after I thought about it, I said, vengeance is his, you know, said the Lord. And who am I to just say for him to be killed? But then, God called him home. 65-year-old Anthony McKnight was first sentenced to 63 years for charges including attempted first-degree murder and rape of several women in Alameda County back in 1987. But it wasn't until 1999 that investigators were able to use DNA to link him to the murders of five women, all between the ages of 13 and 27. And I felt that the system had failed us. While Marcia says she spent years waiting for justice that came too late, she's remembering the life of her daughter, along with the other women whose lives were tragically cut short. But I thank God for allowing me to live, to see this day that he's actually gone from this earth. I thank God for that because so many people didn't get a chance to see that. Officials say McKnight's cause of death is still unknown at this time, but they are still waiting for results from the autopsy to determine how he died. Live in the studio, Sean. Are you lost? Yes.